We need to collaborate here. We don't just solve crime and put bad people away. We also come up with amazing children's stories. Welcome to Crime News Insider, presented by the San Diego Deputy DA's Association. We are real prosecutors with decades of experience and are here to give you our inside take on the latest crime news. Here are your hosts, Deputy DA's Lori Hoff and Jorge Delbertillo. Welcome to Crime News Insider Podcast. This is Jorge Delbertillo. And with me, as always, is Lori Hoff. How are you doing, Lori? I'm doing well. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. So uh, we're going to do something a little bit different in, in this episode. We want to feature some of the good work that our prosecutors do in the San Diego DA's office. And I think wherever you're listening to this, you should know who your prosecutors are. And with us today is Deputy District Attorney John Dunn and Deputy District Attorney Nicole Gerard. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Harry. Thanks. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So something you both have in common, aside from working at the DA's office, is you are both authors of a children's book. So um, before we get into that, John, why don't you go ahead and tell us how you became a prosecutor, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Thanks, Jorge. Thanks, Lori, for having us. It's fun being on here with Nicole. Um, I, I, you know, I was born and raised in Athens, Georgia, went to college at Miami of Ohio. Uh, it was the university there near Cincinnati and then law school at Colorado. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps out of law school where I was a defense attorney for the primary, primarily. And then I joined this office in 2013 um, being a prosecutor, you know, my, my grand, this may sound a little hokey, but my grandfather was a federal prosecutor and judge for 37 years. So it was always something I thought about doing. Um, in the Marine Corps, like I said, I only got to do criminal defense. So I always kind of wanted to, you know, hit that bucket list uh, wish items. When I got out, the timing was perfect. We had the recession, so there hadn't been any hiring. So they had a big hiring class and I snuck in in the hiring class of 2012 to start in 2013. It's been a great experience. Uh, super. What are you doing now? What are you? Where's your assignment, John? I am uh, in narcotics, major narcotics, out in East County, which is uh, I always say East County is the land of milk and honey for us. We got a great place to work. Great, uh, we have great colleagues throughout the office, but I really like it out here. And I've been out here uh, going on my third year. If you count, you know, COVID, I feel like that doesn't count since uh, they're all remote. But yeah, it's the, a restart. I know, totally. Restart. I keep telling my boss, I've only been out here a year. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's a little bit about me. That's nice. great. What about you, Nicole? I was born and raised in San Diego. I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where I double majored in psychology and legal studies. After college, I was accepted into Teach for America. I taught second grade English as a second language as a, at an inner city school in South Minneapolis. And during that time, I taught during the day, and I learned how to become a teacher at night. At the end of my two years, I received my master's degree in education from the University of Minnesota. I then returned to San Diego, where I attended law school at the California Western School. And then um, I started working with this office as an intern in the fall of 2017. I had four different placements at Superior Court, Gangs, Family Protection, Alcohol Motions Division, and then I was a Juvis GLC and Juvie. I was hired and became a DDA in January of 2020. And I've been in South Bay for the last year and a half. I was a Misto deputy, and now I'm a Freeland deputy. Very nice. And a, G a GLC is a graduate law clerk, right? Yes, graduating okay. law clerk. The office couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, because it's going to 
come up, your sister is also a lawyer here at this office, right? Yes, my sister is in uh, the gangs division. She's been with this office for a very long time. I think seven years now. She was in my hiring class. Oh. In 2013. Did your sister kind of persuade you to go to law school or in, and to become a prosecutor? Actually, no. Um, she She's always been my mentor, but she never persuaded me to become a DA. It was kind of just, I applied to be an intern to check it out. And then from there, I was hooked. It was the best experience I've ever had. I was on the record. I was arguing on my own and I just fell in love with it. Very nice. That's awesome. So how do you, how do you John, go from veteran, uh, defense attorney, prosecutor, to then children's book author? Um, well, that's a good question. You know, we, we all know we were in COVID. And I, I, writing a book is always something I kind of thought about. And when my kids, my kids are now 12 and 13, both girls. And so beginning, you know, five, six years ago, I would tell them they were one of their favorite things to do was for me to tell a bedtime story that I would make up. And most of them were not that great. A few were mediocre. And occasionally to have a good one. Of course, then as soon as it was done, I could not remember it. And um, <laughs> so I started recording them just in case. And so I probably recorded maybe 40. And at the beginning of 40. COVID, yeah, 40 or so, maybe not that, 35 or 40. And so at the beginning of COVID, I was like, you know, let's do a COVID project with my kids. They're, they're, they're reason, I'm a horrible drawer, but they're actually pretty good little artists, uh, you know, in their dad's opinion. And, and so I said, Hey, I will type up one of our stories and you guys can do the illustrations and we can, you know, have a little, little book that we'll put together. Well, they went, you know, that lasted about one drawing and they went on strike. And <laughs> basically I was able, you know, cajole them into doing other drawings, but it was kind of clear they had mailed, they were mailing it in, uh, and not doing the, the quality Your COVID of, teaching was failing. The quality of the illustrations was very poor. <laughs> Rejected uh, by the say publisher. That about your kids. You well, can't say I that about your kids. They weren't trying. So I was like, come on, you need a tree on the beach or whatever. So anyway, the, the story I chose was about our two dogs. And once I had it all written out, I was like, and they were refusing to cooperate with the illustrations. I think I made it a similar thing to Nicole and Vanessa did. There's, it's amazing online what you can find. And so I went to a website called uh, Readsy com, which is kind of a website for authors and illustrators and publishers. And you kind of sent out like, Hey, I'm doing this story. Will anybody, you can kind of see the illustrators work. You kind of say, I like this illustrator. And uh, yeah. I sent out requests for bids and found one from, woman from the UK, Holly Withers, who I really liked her work. And if we were doing it, I, I have a copy of the book here. I was going to show it, but we're yeah, what's the, it's so what's cute. the title? Boo and Ted's amazing adventures. Can you see the show? Can you read that? Yes, Boo and Ted's Amazing Adventures Beach Rescue. Correct. And then obviously the listening audience can't see this, but this is their photo on the back. Oh, Boo and, and Ted. And are those your dogs? Yeah, these are our dogs. Boo and Ted. That's so cute. So you got you found an illustrator. All this is online. All this is COVID, totally remote. Right. Did you think that you would get published? Well, I mean, you know, I, I tried. I sent some query letters to various agents and publishers. None, none have responded yet. Well, I've got a couple of reject <laughs> letters. And then I think I came to the conclusion, maybe like Nicole, and you can do it by yourself pretty easily, especially on Amazon. And well, easily is kind of a, you know, now I got a little amnesia probably because I had to do, it took me several tries to get it right. But 
actually a surprisingly professional product. It's very professional. I've read it. I've read it to my little guy. Oh, he loves it. Oh, thank you. You know, it was funny. One of the neighbor's kids came by and they were like, uh, these two girls, oh, that's Boo and Ted. They're semi-famous in the neighborhood. And oh, nice. they're asking my wife, who's out in the yard, do they like the water? And she's kind of saying no. And the little girl went, of course not, dad. That's why they took the jet ski. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> they know exactly how I the know, story I ends. Know. But anyway, that's kind of my story. And what kind of dogs are they? Uh, Boo is a kind of a labradoodle. Okay. And actually, she's actually the I.O. Christina Eastman for both my dogs, actually. I have Boo is um, my mom, my wife, my mom. My wife's name is Christina as well. So I have work Christina and home Christina. And work Christina has the sister of Boo. And then my work Christina and home Christina now friends, much to my detriment. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. a, got us both dogs through her. So Boo is Aww. a Labradoodle, and then uh, Ted is just a mutt, you know, poodle, Pekingese, something. What about you, Nicole? How did how did this come around for you and your sister? Uh, was this a COVID project as well? Yes, this was a COVID project. It was actually Vanessa who decided to write the first book in the series. My mom is a lawyer. So the inspiration was her five-year-old daughter. Early on in COVID, my niece constantly asked Vanessa what she was doing when she appeared on Microsoft Teams and why she had to be locked out of the room for the meetings. Vanessa would show her who everyone was on the virtual courtrooms, and she tried to explain what our job was. Usually, we would just say we put people in timeout when they're bad, but that wasn't good enough for my niece. She's very smart. So Vanessa searched for a book that explained what lawyers did in kid-friendly terms. And after she couldn't find anything, she decided to write her own book. So this book explains the process to becoming a lawyer, the different fields of law, and the ways that lawyers are making the world a better place. And it kind of covers all, all not just criminal lawyers, which is our what we do, but it talks about lawyers generally, um, and the different types of law jobs you can have, but it's so, it's so simple that, and, and not complicated, which is unusual for lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she wrote the initial version. Um, she says it took her a couple hours. She actually used to make books for her husband for father's day. So she's used to writing her own books for kids. Um, after she made the initial draft, she sent it to me and being an ESL teacher, it was easy for me just to break down the language. So it's easy, kid friendly to Terms. And then from there, we sent it to her um, PD friends, private attorney friends, and it was a great collaboration just to be, I don't know, expressive of everyone. And it's exciting because we both have da- a dad who's a lawyer and we never really knew what he did growing up. So we're really proud of this work. So it really explains what we do and how we got to where we are. And then you now, you have your a second book that you wrote, which is My Aunt is a Lawyer. Right. Yeah. After we did the initial version, we figured we would adapt it to make it for ants just for for us females working out there who are li- who are um, included in their nieces and nephews lives. So it was pretty easy to adapt. And we worked with a female artist. Her name's Noor Moyes from Pakistan. And it was a very cool collaboration because she'd never seen a woman wear a suit before. She had no concept of oh, wow. court attire, mm-hmm. what the criminal justice system looked like in the United States. So it was definitely a back and forth collaboration, but she really made the book come to life. She did. That's really interesting. So she, she, you had to give her some material then for her to, to draw or copy. Yeah, like. we would send her pictures of suits, um, but she made she made it look beautiful. It's exactly what we wanted. 
Yeah, the illustration in, in both books are fantastic. Right. And that's amazing. You probably inspired her and some of her family out there to be successful and all that. That's great. Thank you. I'm sure there are so many funny COVID stories about uh, attorneys being on online or in court from home with their kids. I, I yeah, have I, my own. My kid woke up from a nap naked and all of a sudden I see like a naked boy running behind me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Black screen just turned everything off for like three minutes so I could oh, figure yikes. out what was going on. <laughs> and, you know, we have to describe things for the record. I'm sure you had a, an easy time describing that for the record. <laughs> I just said, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened to my computer. And everyone started laughing because they knew what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm sure we all have our, have our crazy COVID stories. All right, Nicole, do you have any plans? Uh, you or your sister have plans for future books? Yeah, we're about to publish my dad and my uncle is a lawyer after we got a lot of feedback from dads feeling left out. So we're making that right now. And then our hope is to extend it to other working professions. I used to be a teacher. My sister is a nurse. Uh, our brother's an engineer. So we're hoping to make the, the books um, extend into those fields. What about you, John? Well, I have one kind of in the works. We'll see. I, you know, I still I got a ways to go to make my money back on uh, on this one. But uh, yeah, I'm not retiring early on on this book. If anybody's worried, wondering about that, um, I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't wondering about that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. Uh, there's one. I've one about Christmas. The Boo and Ted. You know, Santa. Oh. You know, Rudolph sprains an ankle. Ted and Boo have to spring into action to save Christmas. So that's kind of the outline right now. We'll see if they're able to pull it off. Well, I'll, if they can save Christmas and I can get it written by Christmas. So <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I already have uh, one com- coming down to, um, probably later this year. Yeah, we'll see. Just in time for Christmas, I assume. Well, yeah, you think it'd be plenty of time, but at my work pace, it might not. We'll have to just see. Well, it sounds like Vanessa has an easy time writing it. Maybe she can uh, ghostwrite it for you. Help me. <laughs> two hours just like that we need to collaborate here we don't just solve crime and put bad people away we also <laughs> come up with amazing children's stories yeah i think nicole going back to your book and vanessa's book i think that's a great idea i'm surprised that there aren't any books out there like that especially for working professionals and uh, especially in covid times when all these kids have questions and i i looked at your book online and you could see like you were saying how you break it down for them there's a lot of terms in the in the uh, court process or legal process. How do you break that down for kids? I mean, one of the references for the pages that we have is just when my my aunt works from home, I hear her say words like exhibit, stipulations, and evidence. So obviously those are words you hear all the time. But I mean, that was our way of just showing some of the words that we use. Um, more so it's explaining like what they learned in law school, how they learned to use words and how words have power and how to speak to show your voice and um, how that's important in our field. If that makes sense. I, I read um, I read your book to my son, who's five, and it was funny because I didn't I didn't follow up with it at all. But in later on, he said, "Mom, do you still have those heavy books?" And I said, "What heavy books?" <laughs> He's like, "You know the heavy the heavy books that you that you." Ha- learned or from I don't know and I said well as a matter of fact I do do you want to see them so we walked over to the library and I pulled out the heavy books and he's like these are really heavy mom (laughs) and so it's just funny how you know kids retain information you don't know when or where it will come come back 
Yeah, that was a perfect little example too. I I, I saw that too. And, and then the illustration too, that you marry it. Oh, that's why mommy's always wearing a suit and you know, the judge in the courtroom. I thought that was a great idea. Very nice. Thank you. Well, I'm impressed. I, I think, you know, our jobs are hard enough, but um, I, I'm always interested to see all the, the other things that we do with our time. And it's cool to see, you know, us giving back in a way, you guys giving back to to kids by way of, of fostering their love for reading. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. It's also been really exciting just hearing from our friends who are DAs and how excited they are showing this to their nieces and nephews. They'll send us pictures of them with their books. So it's been cool just to share what we do and have their family members understand that as well. And so, uh, John and Nicole, um, where do we go to buy these books for our family and friends and neighbors? Uh, where is the best place to buy it? Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, my, my mine's on Amazon as well. I've, I've got it in one bookstore in North Park called Verbatim Books. And then I'm trying to donate a few copies to the library and schools around my neighborhood. That's kind of in the works. I will say writing it is turning out to be the easiest part, easier part than actually selling copies. Uh, <laughs> my, my first, my initial marketing strategy was to email my friends and say, sorry, guys, I need you to buy my book. You know, if you can't, <laughs> right, right. If you can't impose on your friends and family, uh, who can you impose on? Uh, that's absolutely true and um my so i sold probably 130 copies of which my mother probably bought 20 of them um <laughs> so but getting to that next level is, is hard to to figure out how to get there so anyway it's a work in progress well, let's let's have our listeners uh, all 10 of them check out these books on on amazon because they're they're great yeah, mine i think mine's not going to win the newberry book award but it's not going to be the worst <laughs> book e- either that you've ever read your children i'm willing to bet both those things Absolutely. That's a, that's a it's way better than that. You're not giving yourself enough credit. It is an awesome book. It's such a cute children's book. So I, I really think it's it's one for readers to definitely check out. Um, all of the books that 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 y'all have have written have been really really great. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'll put those uh, links in the show notes. So make sure to click on there and click on those Amazon links and buy yourself a book and buy one for someone else. So John, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing us, uh, introducing yourselves to the audience and letting us know about the books that you wrote and congrats and good luck on, on the books. But we're not done. Oh, no. oh, oh right. Well, thank you very much. But yeah. Because you, you, you are both in in luck. You get to take Jorge's quiz. That's yeah, right. I did, I did not study this. I looked at good. It, I studied and I looked at the questions a little bit, but I couldn't even tell you what they are. So this is, you know, no cheating. I'll say. Okay. Good. Yeah. No cheating. That goes for you too, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I did a cheat. Um, so each episode we end with something a little light. We look at the laws on the books. Three are real. One is fake. You already passed the bar exam, and now you have Jorge's bar exam. Uh, You have to decide which one is the fake. Are you guys ready? So there's four total. Four total. One is fake. Three are real. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So here we go. Item number one, Dr. Seuss Enterprises sought a preliminary injunction against a company that tried to publish a parody of the O.J. Simpson trial written in the style of Dr. Seuss. Item number two, a California prison inmate caught with numerous gang material, denied he was part of a gang, saying he was just researching for a children's book on how to stay away from gangs. Item number three, 
A North Carolina man's conviction for assault with a deadly weapon was upheld on appeal. The defendant was convicted after bludgeoning his wife with a children's book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, and the court said, quote, when, in, when innocent objects are used in a deadly manner, such objects qualify as deadly weapons under North Carol- Carolina General Statute, and it has a statute 1432. And then finally, number four, a woman in Louisiana unsuccessfully sued Walmart for damages, claiming she was left bleeding and dizzy when shopping in the toy aisle and some children's books fell on her head. As you can see, this is a children's books theme here. Yeah, yeah, that's actually very good, Jorge. <laughs> Thank you. So three are real, one is fake. And uh, John, why don't you go ahead and start us off and tell us I'm your thoughts. The, the fake one? Yes, which one do you think four. is fake? Number four, a woman falling, uh, walking down the aisle and children's books uh, fall on her head. Okay, any thoughts behind that? Well, you know, well, I guess I didn't ask you where these came from, but I just think the other three are are weird enough to be true. Gotcha. <laughs> and this one is slightly less weird. Um, so that's why I think it's false. Okay. He's going with the weird test. Yeah, right? Yes, I like it. Uh, okay, how about you, Nicole? Which one do you think is real and which one, which one is fake? I think number three is fake. Okay, and why the- is that? Very hungry caterpillar. Is that not a, a deadly enough book or something? Or why do you think that one's fake? <laughs> well, one, I love that book, but no, I don't think it's going to qualify as a deadly weapon. Oh, okay. It is kind Interesting. of a, it is kind of a thin not. book. It is kind of a thin book. Yes. It's very thin. Yeah. Huh. But it's got a, it's got those corners on the bind <laughs> and the binding. His, did he kill the person? He didn't kill. No, it was just budget. assault with a deadly weapon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you think number three. Okay. So Lori, what do you think? Gosh, you know, I've had such a good streak and now, now I have a, a split and I'm, I feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> and um, I, I think that we're onto something here with three and four. Um, I don't think, I think Dr. Seuss Enterprise probably did seek a preliminary injunction. I think it's very you know, having done majority of, of my prosecution in gangs, I think it's highly likely that a gang member would just say, Hey, I'm just, this is research. This is purely for research. Um, and, uh, and I really just would hate to see the very hungry caterpillar ever be used as a deadly weapon. That just sounds horrible, horrible. So I'm going to go with number three as the fake even though there's some quotations in there and I don't know, I could be, I could be way off. So there you have it. All right. So that means you all agree that item number one is real. And that is Dr. Seuss enterprises sought a preliminary injunction against a company that tried to publish a parody of the OJ Simpson trial written in the style of Dr. Seuss. You guys all think this is a law in the books and this is a law in the books. This actually happened back in 1997. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal issued a decision. Um, and I think, you know, I didn't know what they, what they ruled. I think they said they granted it. I got to look this up. But I wrote down a little bit of the parody. Do you want to hear it? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. A plea went out to Rob Shapiro. Can you save the fallen hero? And Marsha Clark, hooray, hooray, was called in with a justice play. A man this famous never hires lawyers like Jacoby Myers. When you're accused of a killing scheme, you need to build a real dream team. 
Cochrane, Cochrane, doodle do. Johnny, won't you join the crew? Cochrane, Cochrane, deedle D. The dream team needs a victory. It's more about rhyming than Dr. Seuss, I think. Maybe the yeah. doodle do part. Pretty clever, though. Yeah, pretty, pretty clever. clever. Pretty clever. I mean, and it goes on and on. I think it's several pages. It's not just like is this it, little children. the opinion? This is all from the opinion. You can check it out at 109 F3rd 1394 and read it for yourself. Uh, so there's a parody of O.J. Simpson out there. I don't know why children would want to know the, about that trial, but Good. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to uh, number two. You guys all agree that a California prison inmate caught with numerous gang material denied he was part of a gang, saying he was just researching for a children's book on how to stay away from gangs. You guys think this is real? And this one is real. In Ray Fer- Fernis, Fernacci, Fernacci, 2010 case, 185 Cal App 649 for the lawyers out there trying to cite it. And they found that there was items found in the prisoner's possession. Um, there was an address for a validated prison gang member, an, uh, a CD with pictures with gang stuff on it, a, a book on the formation and the function of this guerrilla group uh, written by the founding gang member, a flyer for a prison gang event, a newspaper article promoting an event. And these are, they said, quote, sufficient independent source items as required to support validation of of the prisoner as a member of the prison gang. So they were trying to determine whether or not he was a member of a prison gang and his defense of saying, no, this is all just for a children's book. I've consulted John Dunn, Nicole Gerard, they're experts. Larry pegged this one for sure. Yeah, I know. Unless they had, you know, written some, even gang lyrics, I'm sure they would say, well, that's just for the, for the, uh, for the book as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we've seen every kind of defense out there and even researching for a children's book has been a defense. It didn't fly and um, he was ruled to be a gang member. Okay, so let's jump to number four. A woman in Louisiana unsuccessfully sued Walmart for damages, claiming she was left bleeding and dizzy when shopping in the toy aisle and some children's books fell on her head. Uh, Lori and Nicole think this one is real. John thinks this one is the fake and this one is real ah, sorry john go ahead yeah so uh the plaintiff she was shopping in the toy aisle of walmart and she testified her mouth started bleeding and she felt dizzy and she tried to say well the manager told me that you know he was sorry and that we should have caught that because they were there they should have caught the uh the books from falling around her head this was a free versus walmart louisiana llc fifth circuit court of appeal in 2020 wow um yeah. And so it just came out. So if you're walking in a Walmart aisle and some books fall on your head, you probably can't see Walmart right. and you can't get rich from that. Well, at least it wasn't Nicole or my book that did the damage. We are, I was about to say. It's not published before then. Are these law <laughs> books? I mean, how, how big are these right. books that are falling on her head? I, I don't understand how it left her bleeding and dizzy, but it must have been pretty tough. But it wasn't the very hungry caterpillar uh, because number three is the fake, a North Carolina man's conviction for assault with a deadly weapon uh, using a children's book. Fortunately, that one is the fake. But in California, do you know whether or not using not a traditional weapon as a weapon qualifies as assault with a deadly weapon? Yes. Yes. Lori? Lori's not. It it can be. It can be. It can be. But it can be. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's all very fact specific. Right. It's all fact specific. Yes. So theoretically, Mm -hmm. you could use a children's book in a deadly manner 
an amazing quality. Million paper cuts. A million paper cuts. Get a hardback and maybe let's see what's a big book, you know. Hardback, yeah. You know what? Maybe, I maybe thought... a compilation of the Brothers Graham, you know, something. something I was going to say, I, exactly. Oh, I yep. should have picked that. So I thought a very hungry caterpillar was this like a big one with like, it's like really thick, but you know, the cardboard kind of, not cardboard, but you know what I'm talking about? Those, those thick pages. Yeah. Am I well, wrong? It, it would hurt if you got hit with a hungry, very hungry caterpillar. The, the paperback or the hard copy. The hard still, copy. Yeah, that's hurt. what I was thinking. It's still hard. The hard copy. Hmm. Now I got to go buy. Well, better the, luck. Better luck next you time. You made that one up. You made that up completely on your own. I made it up on my own. I thought I would have catch Lori. Lori is has swept me every single time. She is one I'm undefeated. She's undefeated. I'm undefeated. Wow. And now she's going to quit the podcast undefeated. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like the podcast radio slash radio host who never loses to the contestants. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Clearly. Oh man. Well, good job, John. I'm sorry you lost, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Someone had to lose eventually. Yeah. What does Nicole get for her correct answer? She gets a copy of the very hungry caterpillar <laughs> unused, not used yes. in a crime. <laughs> so that we'll be mailing that to her. Um, but thank you guys. Thanks for yeah. joining the podcast. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks guys. appreciate you inviting uh, us on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. So hopefully you guys sell a lot of books and then remember to like, and subscribe to the podcast because I'm sure there's going to be plenty others that hear this and are going to buy your books and subscribe to the podcast. Will do. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Awesome. Lori, thank you so much. Thanks again. As always, Jorge, a pleasure. All right. And until next time, this is Crime News Insider Podcast. expressed on this podcast are solely of the speakers and do not reflect the views of the Deputy DA's Association nor the District Attorney. Questions and comments can be submitted through our website at sddaa.net. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at San Diego DDAs. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Give us a four-star rating. Maybe you don't even have to do five. You could just do four or five. I will give the rating that my integrity permits.